KCWGTheTruth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, I am honored to welcome this next guest. Uh, if you heard the show last week, we had the good brother Naru Quina. He was breaking down the life and times of the good brother Shock G, Greg Jacobs, Humpty Hump of Digital Underground. Well, the brother had a quite, quite an extensive legacy, and he touched so many lives. And the people that were there from the inception of Digital Underground uh, have been speaking out and coming forward. And this brother right here is no different. Back in the day, these cats met, man, and uh, he was right there during the formation, uh, prior to the formation of Digital Underground. So this brother has a very unique perspective. Legendary DJ in his own right in the Bay Area, the Yay Area. Y'all know what it is. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, the good brother DJ Chaos. Mr. Chaos, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. What's going on, bro? How you feeling? How's it going? Oh, man. Man, it, it's all right, man. You know, it, it's it's still surreal. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, you and I have been chopping it up a little bit. You know, uh, we've we all been, you know, taking some L's lately, man. You know, we we, we trying to smile through the tears. You know what I'm saying? But the, the struggle has been real. So uh, how are you doing, man? Um, You know, I'm just trying to make it, man, just like everybody else. Yeah. Um, uh aqua boogie p-funk song mm. rhythm it takes ass through what we have to live through you know Ooh, is that a word or what <laughs> yeah you know wow yeah man i'm trying to dance out of water without getting wet and it's hard it's hard because it <laughs> yeah but it's the secret of walking on water is knowing where the rocks are so Ooh, snap this cat is dropping you know? the p-funk lore ladies and gentlemen <laughs> That's why they called it brother DJ Chaos. Well, uh, welcome to the program, good brother. Um, the news of Shock G, uh, what he meant to the world is something entirely different to what he meant to cats like Naru and yourself. Uh, how do you even begin to fathom what this brother's life and contribution to the music scene of Oakland, to all of hip hop, and to you personally, good brother, how do you sum up the life of Greg Shock G, Humpty Hump Jacobs, good brother DJ Chaos? Hmm. Man, it's uh. First off, it is surreal. Um, yeah, man. And uh, you know, I don't know, cause it was it was just like a thing. Like he just had this thing about him, you know, like mm -hmm. this charisma or this spark or whatever you call it. Hmm. That it factor, though, huh? Yeah, it was it was like a certain quality, you know, that people have. Mm -hmm. And one of them, you know. Wow, how how did you get his attention? Ah, uh, well, he they actually got my attention first. Ah, there we go. Uh, you know, um, 
Yeah, I, I know you talked to Naru last week, and mm-hmm. you know, me and that brother go back to the third grade, you know. And oh wow, doing our thing, you know, musically. Um, you know, we did a thing with uh, George Clinton back in '85. Uh, where I actually went down to the studio to work with George in 85 and uh, the outcome of that was a song called Mixmaster Suite. And ah, that was on a, a of, wasn't that on R&B Skeletons in the Closet or something like that? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, you worked on that? Oh yeah, yeah, I was the Mixmaster. What? Mixmaster Suite, okay. Yeah, the, the, the lyrical part when, when he says uh, there is a rapper in your town Mm-hmm. Calls himself a rapper. He was referring to um, Naru. Wow! Because he got his attention um, with the, uh, I believe he was calling himself Sir Quick Draw at the time, mm. and I was DJing at the, at this record store, and Naru had got on the mic on what I was mixing to, and it was you know of course some P funk. And George was there for an in-store, and he liked what he heard, and he was, you know, kind of tripping on what I was doing on the turntables, because he never saw it done with his music. Mm. And he said that he only seen Jam Master J do this, but I've never seen anybody use our stuff. What were you doing, so brother? Yeah, from there, he, he took me, you know, he we went to the studio, did that song, uh, went, went into a lot of a lot of um, clearance problems. So a lot of stuff got pulled out of the mix Mm. and they ended up turning it into what got on the album. And Mm. it was, (laughs) it Mm. was kind of not the direction I figured it was going to go, but Mm. the experience of doing it and working with, you know, this icon. Right. I was I was heavily into P funk and and it right. was it took me like a year or two to even realize that I had did that with him you know that's how deep it was that's and really coming deep. out of that where you know me and Naru we were still doing our thing a couple of years later put out a, a two 12 inches rapaholic and then I like it like that and that was. I like it like that came out in 88. So after that, around that time, that's around the time we started hearing about digital underground, like 88, 89. And they were doing like local shows. One memorable show they did was at the Omni Mm -hmm. in Oakland. Mm -hmm. And they had this song out. uh, Underwater Rhymes was out, I believe. And they had this other song called Long Island Iced Tea. Hmm. It was like, you know, like an R&B type of funk rap thing. But they didn't put that out. We we was wondering, like, man, y'all gonna put that one out? (laughs) You know? And... On you. Yeah, so then eventually... uh, I had knew Rick. I had met Rick, Ricky Vincent, mm-hmm. Davey D on Calix. Okay. And I was mixing a lot of P-Funk, of course, um, because that's what caught George's attention. Mm-hmm. 
it was at the time yeah, everybody was doing James Brown, funky drummer, and just James Brown samples and mm-hmm. everybody with P funk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people wasn't ready for that. And mm-hmm. David D kind of was like that, you know, oh man, this uh this funk, man. I I really don't know. Chaos, um, it's not hip hop, you know. <laughs> I don't really feel where you guys coming from with that. Mm-hmm. And part of that I think he was just kind of jabbing at us but another part he probably really felt funk he didn't see the connection between funk and hip-hop yet so okay uh and ricky did Mm. he he was the one doing history of funk yes sir and that's what caught my attention with with him because he i heard his show he was playing the long version of funk intelligence (laughs) that's about 10 minutes long People playing P Funk on the radio, no one was Man, doing it. Nobody. And replayed the whole song. <laughs> Ten minutes, brother. Ten minutes. Okay. When you take uh, it kind of pill. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I had to meet that brother, you know what I'm saying? So David D introduced me to him. Mm. And it's like, yeah, man, he's all funk. So he, you know, you need to you know, get on his show or, you know, talk to him and da 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 da. So, you know, me and Rick kind of got a, you know, Rick was doing a lot of shows um, outside of his uh, radio show. He was like DJing at the Berkeley Square and he had a a guest DJ named uh, Dr. Illenstein. Mm. So that was his, uh, you know, partner on the air you know on on he, he guessed with him you know a few times and so uh i went and checked his his show out at the berkeley square and we got to talk and you know he i eventually let him know i was i was the guy on mix master then you know he knew george from interviewing him a lot and when underwater rhymes came out ricky was the first one to, to play that right Mm. and he 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 broke that and it had when it, when you know when i heard that slowed down aqua boogie mm-hmm. and the baseline the chameleon herbie hancock mm. and all mm. those character voices and it mm. was smooth you know and it was just like oh man it's, mm. i would love to work with these dudes because you know they mm. doing people that's what i'm saying you know <laughs> and then rick eventually um making a long story short he him and naru because naru had met shock but i didn't really you know he may have mentioned him or something but i didn't really put it together that that was you know the digital underground cat mm. and then eventually once rick um i had this barbecue and rick and we had invited everybody there. And Rick Rick ended up bringing Shock and Smoothie Smooth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was familiar with them from <clears throat> from them doing concerts and stuff, but I didn't think they was gonna come, you know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And and then Jimmy Dwight was in the picture, and then word got out that you know they were looking for a DJ because everything's starting to happen fast for their uh, underwater rhymes. Hmm. It, kinda, it, was, it was it made some noise in the bay area mm-hmm. and then 
they do what you like had just came out and when shock came to my barbecue he had the 12 inch with him mm. a promotional copy and which i still have in my possession right and he he uh he gave it to me you know and, and um he had an instrumental the hip-hop doll on the on the b side and you know I, I grabbed it from him and i was mixing when he came in the room anyway so i just uh kind of forgot about the food feeding people whatever i was just in the mix <laughs> that's right and i put the instrumental the hip-hop doll on there and then he got on there and it, it was filmed you know um one of my friends was was filming it and mm -hmm. him, you know he did his he did his thing and then naru him and naru got on the mic together and uh so not too soon after that that's when I, you know, caught wind that they were they were looking for a DJ, and um, and they found uh, DJ Fuse along with Money B, mm. and then Jimmy Drake was telling me that, <clears throat> you know, we might need two, we might want to use two DJs, and um, you know, like one keep the beats going and one do the cuts over top or whatever, or, or trade off, and it would be dope, you know, and so I was kind of like wow talking about they want to you know but i underneath i was like yeah man i was, I was you know i was already like man i would like to work with them mm -hmm. so when they asked you know they was coming at me like that i was kind of like oh wow okay um what do i do you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and just then at that barbecue just like when when shock showed up it was like you just felt the vibe changed, you know, and, and it was like, cause he was so laid back and smooth, you know, he was just like, he, like I said, man, he just had this, this persona about him mm. and he, he wasn't in the Humpty persona, but he was more like shock G or, or Greg, you know, and mm. just you know, kind of like soft smoking and smooth brother, you know, and mm -hmm. Um, eventually we started uh kind of working he he invited me down to where they were working um at their manager sleuth's house i believe it was his grandmother's house mm -hmm. uh, maybe his mom or his grandmother but it was down on 39th and market and so i went over there a few times and he was showing me what he did how he put do what you like together and you know he had the, he had the same sample I had that the Roland S10, and you can only get like four second sample time on it, hmm. or at or at a, a a lower quality eight seconds. Hmm. So then you had you were forced like you and you can you can split them up like one second at a you know you can split up one second four times, so you can you know you can um take little bits of something and you got four triggers mm. and you know uh, so we would kind of like play hand be you know playing beats by hand or you know doing stuff like you know anything like that mm. and that's what you could do on the s10 and so and then it had this reverse that was perfect so 
he showed me what he said. Hey, yo, man, this 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 how I did do what you like, you know. And he had he loaded up the disc, and he just you know he started playing it on the on the on the triggers like boom tap boom 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 tap boom tap boom 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 tap. And he just kept it going right, and he didn't miss a beat. He kept you know he, he but no sequencer right, and I, and that's what got me. I was like, oh wow, you know what this dude, you know kind of like that's what i do I, I didn't like using the midi or or syncing it up to nothing to give it more of like a live feel because people would always complain about the computers were too perfect mm-hmm. that's the only way you can get kind of kind of make it you know kind of human sounding is you would play the drum machine or the triggers like manually and right. so here shock do that too and how on point he was, mm. I really, it really kicked in like, okay, I'm, I gotta get serious working with these dudes because this is what I've been asking for, mm. you know, and it's a way to kind of redeem myself from what happened with the mix master and some of the things, you know, me and Naru put out that really, you know, when you get to working with other producers and engineers and they start telling you what can't be done and all this. And you're like, yeah, well, we do it at home all the time. And they like, oh, well, we can't do it. You know, ah, ah. so it was kind of like that kind of vibe. And then uh, we started, uh, you started asking, like, you know, you got anything, you know, like, I'd like to hear some of your, you know, some of the stuff because what I saw you doing, you know, that was, that was kind of cool. I know you got some stuff. So, you know, I let him hear a few things and he really kind of wasn't, you know, it was a different style than what he, how he, you know, what he was doing. And, you know, cause he was, he was a musician also. He wasn't just hip hop and sampling. He could actually play. He was a, you know, oh man, I can't even describe, I can't find the word of, uh, impeccable maybe i don't know he just he was a bad i i don't i don't know if you can bleep it but he was a bad ass keyboard player right on and he's little too so he um getting back to the to to the ideas he, he you know he heard one one cut out i had this mix with let's play house uh give me the music and talk to me baby was the hook parts that i would do in my mix and I'd had it for a while. People knew my P-Funk mixes and whatnot. And that's what caught his ear. He said, man, run that back. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay. And he's like, he said, that one right there, I think I want to, you know, I can put, I can put something to that. Yeah, I, I, could, I could, yeah, we, we can, we can do that. And so I was like, oh, damn, okay, that one, you know, because I was like, okay, I'm going to have to change it up a little or something. And he was like, yeah, man, we, we got to do that. And then, you know, a couple of, you know, time went by. I don't know how much, but it was, you know, a little bit of time went by. And then um, I was still doing my other stuff with Naru. So, you know, I wasn't really tripping. And he, he came, the next time I came in contact with him, he was like, yeah, you know, I already had something with that also. And when I heard yours, it made me want to, you know, do something with it. So 
he gave me this tape and it said Humpty, he had Humpty dance on, written on it, right? Mm. And he said, this is what I, you know, this is what I already had. This is what I had with that. And I want you to listen to it, but I'm not using the same parts you played me. I said, all right, okay. So, you know, he gave me the tape and, you know, I, I didn't really go back and listen to it at, you know, right away. And eventually when I listened to it, um, it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't kind of, it was like the same parts, talk to me, baby, and give me the music. And I was kind of like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, and I know that's what Naru was saying, uh, you know, I used to fight over this sample. And it's like, it really wasn't a fight per se. It was just a thing like back then DJs, you know, kind of bit each other, you know, you know, the whole biting thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, he, you know, he, he said that in his rhymes, I like to bite, you know, so it was just kind of like one of the things and, you know, I didn't really put it together with, you know, I, I was kind of like, well, he said he already had, he was already doing something with that, but he wasn't really tripping. But when he heard my mix, it kind of, I guess it made him go back and revisit what he was already did or something. And maybe mm-hmm. he changed it up because I never heard what he had. So, you know, it was just one of those things. And then also, it's not, it wasn't my, you know, Let's Play House by Parliament. It, it wasn't mine, so I can't say it's mine, but it was, you know, a mix and maybe that triggered something with him to, to do what he did or, you know, like he said, he already had it. So um, that was one of them coincidences, maybe. So mm-hmm. that's just how, but then eventually people that, once the song came out, like a couple, maybe a week or so went by after he gave me the tape. And then I started, you know, like kind of hearing Humpty Dance being played around, right? And I was just kind of like, and then everybody that knew my mix was like, they knew we was working together. So they they kind of thought like, man, ain't that your Let's Play House mix? And I was like, well, kind of, but I didn't do it. And, you know, he said, yeah, but come on, man. You know, so it started taking on that aspect you know and then whatever they did you know he of course did the lyrics and the, you know the um and all you know so that was and then the backbeat of the song was uh sing a simple song yes sir slide stone you know with greg Enrico. yes sir uh isolate so you yes. know and and we all was like Every, I don't know every, but a lot of DJs, we we use that backbeat for a lot of stuff at the time too. So mm-hmm. that's why people were like, man, that's what we know you do that with Talk To Me Baby and giving them, you know, with that song. And then, you know, so it took on that thing. And then I'm, I'm shy and this, this and that. And I'm like, nah, man, he already had something with it. And they like, nah, man, you know, so that it took on that whole thing and that kind of got out of control. Mm. And then next thing you know, they blowing up. And then I had went, <laughs> I decided to go down to 39th street and kind of talk to him about it. 
because you know things was happening so fast with them that they were gone but when i went down there uh sluice grandmother i believe it was was the grandmother she she answered the door and then i was like yeah shocking them around she's like oh no baby they they gone mm-hmm. <laughs> and i and i thought she meant like they was gone like they'll be back in a few or something you know and i said all right well i you know we'll just let them know i came by I'm, i'll probably call or come back she said no i mean gone like they're gone like they're on the road mm. you didn't go with them <laughs> and i said oh <laughs> okay mm. so then i said no nah, you know I I didn't know nothing about it, so you know I I just walked home, kind of tripping, like, mm. wow, that fast, you know what I'm saying? It was like, mm. wow, mm-hmm. and then the song was just on the radio all the time, and then it was just kind of like, you know, and I got people saying, oh man, he took your, you know, he took your mix, man, and blah blah, and and, and I'm, you know, so I'm just going like. <laughs> I didn't know what to think. You know, I didn't know what to do. I, I just didn't know how to take it. So mm. um, I just kind of felt like, wow, you know, well, maybe, you know, things happen so fast, he didn't have time to get back to me because I didn't lay it down or nothing. And like I said, he said he already had something with that. So it, it just took on a, a whole nother thing with people that knew I, I used that mix and they knew we was working together for a minute so um but you know like i said that did not take away from what uh i liked about what they were doing Mm. because it was kind of like i felt like really 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 like honored and just kind of in disbelief that they even were like considering like me to be in the group you know Mm. um based on what he knew what he was finding out about me and stuff so you know like i said i I was still trying to process that i worked with george you know Mm. and i wasn't really i guess basically i wasn't really ready for a Mm. lot of the things that were happening even though that's what we wanted but then when it started happening you kind of like you get caught up in it, you don't even realize it's happening. Mm. Unless you step back and you're on the outside looking in, but we're like the ones doing it. So, right. you know, and it just, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just like, it just went international. And then we didn't hear from them for a while because they, you know, they took off and, and, um, and I was just, and then, then for me, it was just kind of like, wow, you know. But he did. Now, here's the other thing. When he told me uh, right before, I think it was his way of, uh, it was his way of letting me know that they were, um, they wasn't going to have me in the group. And I didn't know how to take it, but. Mm. Uh, it, it's like the equivalent of, of, of you know, you getting benched. <laughs> you know, you oh, yeah. you think you' about to play, and they and they put you on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, mm-hmm. but you kind of still on the team. So he had this thing about him that made you feel like you was a part of what he was doing, or what you know what he had going, or something like that. Because 
you know, he was he was all he was always attentive and just like, you know, so artistic at what he was doing, and he paid attention to like on like everything. He just paid attention. He was he was a deep he's real deep brother. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it just it just kind of just kind of you know like he he had came back and told me um. Yeah, man, you know, Chaos, the, the label, they decided um, they want to go with DJ Fuse, just him, because, you know, it was supposed to be, like, both of them. They going to have two DJs. And so he he just broke it to me that, you know, oh, you know, man, you know, the, the label, they decided they want to just go with Fuse uh, because, like, if, if, if it was just you, then we'd it'd be all brothers and... You know, they don't want to alienate the audience. So they want to just go with Fuse. And, you know, but, you know, but we still, you know, we still cool and this, this and that. You know, I still want to do things and this, this and that, you know. And so I was kind of like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Head still in the cloud. So it's like, a, well, okay, all right, man. Well, you know, whatever. Hey, everybody. This is Buddy Hearts. And you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. What's up, everybody? This is Cy Smith, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet.
Okay, let, let me let me jump in. Let, let me jump in, uh, Chaos. This is KCWG, the Truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bum School. I'm DJ Rome. We're listening to the good brother DJ Chaos, Oakland uh, legendary DJ. He's breaking down his life and times with Shock G, Greg Jacobs, Humpty Hump of Digital Underground. Uh, you're getting some hip hop history here, y'all. I hope you are listening closely. And I'm going to be quiet in a second because I want this brother to keep on talking. Uh, two things real quick before I, I'm going to have you jump back in because you've been blowing my mind with what you've been talking about. So the your story so reminds me of the Morris Day story with Prince. He was so interested in getting on. And when Prince invited him to be a part of his entourage, he thought he was going to have him be his drummer. But he gave that job to Bobby Z and he had Morris Day be his cameraman, his videographer, right? And then when you talk about your... Um, their their outreach to you about joining Digital Underground as a you know a DJ tandem with DJ Fuse. Well, you know I know a little something about hip hop. There was a legendary hip hop group led by the uh, great Large Professor called Main Source, and they famously had mm-hmm. turntables in their group. So two 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 DJs in their group. So they come to you and say, yeah, we're going with Fuse, and you said your head was in the clouds. You came off the Mixmaster Suite experience. You went to grandma's house. They were gone. Now they come to you with this, man. Uh, pick it up right there, man. What in the world was going through your mind? Uh, you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's like, I guess it was like, kind of like a, damn, they got me again. You know, like, mm. I, I, you know, I missed it. Again. Like, mm-hmm. what's up with all the misses? You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, and then and you kind of, I kind of start feeling like, you know, cause I'm I'm like this shy dude. You know, I'm I'm kind of like not really assertive enough to tell. You know what I mean? And so I'm kind of like, hmm, was I? You know, are people taking advantage of me, or am I just letting? You know, cause I I grew up in West Oakland, and when things certain things happen to you like that you know you you handle the situation in a different way mm. you know you actually get with people about things like that and mm. in the acorn west oakland man it was like a lot of those cats knew me before the george thing and once i did that a lot of them were like really protective of you know, me, like, making sure I didn't do what they were doing, you know, like, nah, man, you, we ain't letting you, you know, because everybody's trying to get out of there, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. everybody hustling and doing their thing, trying to come up, you know, do and whatever. So they just was like, nah, man, you ain't doing this. You going to do that, what you doing. Mm. You know, because we hear all that music coming out of there out, out your window. So you do that. We want to hear that hit record, man. Don't you don't you come out here trying to do what we doing? Mm. You know, so it was like that. So I was kind of protected in that sense. Mm. And but I didn't really have any connection to try to get anything like, you know, investments or something like that to help out with what I was doing. So I just really didn't know what to you know how to go about doing that and like i said <laughs> doing what me and naru was doing and then just get picked up by george 
And then what that brought to me was kind of like, I wasn't ready for that. You know, I was like 21 years old, man. So mm -hmm. everybody just started looking at me differently. Like, oh man, you know, went Hollywood or you, you know, you this, you know, you, you this now. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm still, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm still heads in the cloud tone. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it was just a trip. Man. It was just kind of like, like uh i couldn't really grasp it at the time and then like i said by the time you know i'm wanting to do more p-funk oriented stuff and then when i finally meet some cats that that's what they doing mm -hmm. and then it was like chop master j and, and and you know shock g it was kind of like <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was like a second chance at like, okay, I could now I could really do my P-Funk the way I want to do it. Cause they, you know, they understand it, you know, and, and they're musicians, mm -hmm. not just, you know, doing the hip hop thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I always wanted to, I had this, this ear or just this, this itch to want to mesh the DJ with live bands back then I that was just I always wanted to do that but a lot of musicians weren't really feeling that mm. and nobody could put their finger on why but I, mm. I figured out to me it was like I, I believe it was for a lot of musicians when, when, when you're DJing and you got to mix stuff back then they didn't have the the the, the technology to like speed it up but not change the pitch so uh, when you uh, sped the record up yep go with the tempo or something else it kind of changed the pitch sure did so to a musician that means the key change that's right so when something goes out of key and yeah you know what i'm saying so when something goes out of key and they're they know they may be you know musicians that's in the theory and all that they know their notes and all that you know so Mm -hmm. something goes out of key they they turn they, they frown and you know they like nah man that ain't working you know what i'm saying but yeah to somebody else that just likes sounds and music without all that theory to it mm -hmm. you know we slow down records all the time just to hear it sound different and sometimes it sounds dope you know what i'm saying so mm. but i figured that's probably what was getting the cats is that when it goes out of key that means now they got to figure out where to augment or transpose something right in the middle of what they already know to do, you know. Absolutely. And it just kind of, you know, so that's where with me it was always a thing about, well, we just got to rehearse, you mm -hmm. know, so you'll know I'm going to do that at that point or, you know, like you guys playing too fast. You're in the same key as the record, but exactly. you're playing it too fast, so the tempo not matching. Right. Hey, DJ you know, Chaos. So, hey, Chaos, have you ever Just seen... Like, yeah, have you ever seen Erica Badu live in concert? Not live, but I've seen her on, you know, videos live, but I haven't seen her actually live in person. Yeah, I, she... Uh, I'm going to let you get back to your train of thought, but she has a couple of outfits. She, she plays with a live band in one configuration, and then she she gets down like DJ Lowdown Loretta Brown, where she's like a, a selector. Right. Electress, I should say, and she has this electronic band called the Cannabinoids, and they're just strictly laptops and keyboards. That's the band, Cannabinoids, and it's probably for that very reason that you're talking about. In that, it's hard 
or well, people thought back then it was hard to mix those two uh, elements together, like the turntablism and the electronic, the, the metronome and the precision of that. And back then, you're right, you change that pitch, the key changes. And it's not like that now. When you, you move that pitch control up and down, the, the beat will go faster, but the pitch doesn't change these days. But back then, the technology wasn't there, right? And so I can definitely understand. And it just says to me, you, you were ahead of your time. And something else you were speaking about before I let you jump back in, man, your, your story reminds me of the Ray Parker Jr. story, good brother. When he first came into the industry, he was writing songs and mm -hmm. they got picked up early. And uh, he wrote this song called You Make Me Feel Like Dancing by this uh, uh, singer named Leo Sayer. Big hit record. A lot of people didn't know Ray right. Parker Jr. wrote it. And they took the royalty from him, you know? And that song was a multi-platinum, multi-million seller. And he didn't have the experience in the industry at the time to come up and challenge these cats and say, yo, where's my money kind of thing, right? Because he was writing songs for Rufus and, you know, Ray was, you know, he was starting to get his, his grind on, right? But he wasn't savvy and hip to the game when they, they came at him for You Make Me Feel Like Dancing. Now, of course, I think it was Clive Davis, I'm not sure. You know, he wrote Jack and Jill after that, and then, you know, Ray Parker Jr. and Radio, then they had that thing going. But your story really reminds me of cats like that, who early on, you know, kept, you know people recognize cats like you as being onto something, and then it, it's hard when you don't have those industry connections like, you, like you're talking about, it's hard to make things work in your favor, you know what I'm saying? You don't want any more than what you deserve or what you're owed, but you certainly don't want to be taken advantage of either. So how do you, how do you get what you're entitled to is the dilemma. And then last thing, Buddy Bolden was a trumpeter. Buddy Bolden was a trumpeter, man. You're making me think about all this music history, good brother, because your story, man, man, I'm so glad you're sharing this. Buddy Bolden, I did a, a, a feature on Buddy Bolden, the trumpeter, who was ahead of his time way back in the, the 30s and 40s before Louis Armstrong. And they did a movie on that brother, and he was an absolute genius, a beast on that horn, uh, way before all them cats mm. that, that came after him. But it was King Buddy Bolden that really set the, the, the bar so high that every trumpeter after him was emulating it. But Buddy didn't get the credit, you know what I'm saying? So when I, I'm listening to you, man, and it's just absolutely, absolutely fascinating. And I, I can only envision or imagine, I should say, um, the sense of you said they got me again. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, yeah, I, I was I was just yeah. feeling you, man. It's like they got me again. man. But then uh, you kept it rolling. Though. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So what, what, what else could I do? You know, that's yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Because um, I mean. It used to happen, you know, like people, some, sometimes people would, you know, copy, copy my work in class, looking over my shoulder or whatever. And oh, I didn't really know. And then they hollering out the answer that I'm, that I already, you know, look at that. Or, you know, something. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I just, I was a cat in class that didn't speak up for itself, you know. I got So it. I would just have to sit there going and start pouting, you know, like, damn. Mm. Then when I did start saying something, I get sent to the office. You know, I'm the one that's that's outbursting. It's like How about well, that, right? Look, he the one <laughs> uh -huh. attacking my chair. What am I supposed to do? You right. Know? <laughs> it's like officer, I wasn't so, the only one speaking. Always... 
Yeah, it's like them them cars ahead of me were speed. Yeah. You pulling me over. <laughs> exactly. And I'm doing the speed limit. Doing the speed limit. <laughs> doing the speed limit. Wow. So, yeah. And then, it, you know, so it was just kind of like, uh, how do I get this to stop happening? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, I got to be more assertive. So I worked on that. Mm. And one of the things I did, like, uh, one of the things that George had told me, like the time I spent with him in 85, he, I mean, we spent like a, like two days before we went in the studio and just the, the, the stuff he was dropping was just mind blowing. And so I was just kind of, that's why, I, you know, it took me a year and a half to realize I even worked with him mm. because of the stuff he was throwing, you know, and he, he was telling me, you know, like when it was time to pay me for the uh, session, mm -hmm. um, you know, I had, you know, my real name, Anthony Bryant, but then he wanted to put my DJ name, which was at the time, you know, David Chaos. And I split the word. I, you know, I'm trying to be artsy with my name. I didn't know it was going to cause all that confusion with people, you mm -hmm. know, just like David. And, you know, I was in the psychology back then too, you know, and it was like, David, I split the David to like Dave is, <laughs> you know, for like, Ego, uh, super so i see what you then, did there that was nice right. <laughs> and, you know, and then chaos was like you know mm, i spelled it k-os because it sounded like that that's right you know i didn't want to spell it so everybody gets scared when they see the word chaos they they, they run that's right but when they see k-os they kind of be like what's that <laughs> exactly so, well, that's what it sound like. So, K chaos. That's right. That's right. Nice. So, uh, you know, but I guess it was, you know, nobody could spell it right. So, mm. so you know, George was like, "Well, we want to put your name." You know, um, so basically, he said, "Well, what name do you have attached to your social security number?" And I said, "What?" You know, and I didn't know what he was getting at, and he, he says. What what name do you have attached to your social security number? That so so you can get your money. Mm. I said, oh, he said, do you have the chaos? And no, he said, oh, okay, so we're gonna have to give it to you in your real name. So mm. we'll try to put both names on there, but really we got to go with what's, what's attached to your social security so you can get your money. And so I was like, oh, okay. And what he told me was, this is what you do. Go register your name. Mm. Get your fictitious business name. Go register your name, and and you know get your tax ID number put to that. You know this this and that. He told me all that. You know and and how to not, you know whatever you're doing with your your music and all that. If you got any masters, I said, well yeah, but they're not really nothing we want to. You know just like demos. He said, yeah, but but you got master copies of them. So whatever you do with your masters, don't sell them to anybody. Mm. Lease them or license them out. Mm. You know, because that's what happened with us. You know, back in, you know, that, that's why all, all of the artists, you know, back in the, the days got ripped off. You know, they didn't have the publishing and all this because we didn't know all of that. Mm -hmm. all we, we, we was doing this, you know, but... Mm -hmm. the, the folks with the money were the ones with the publishing names and all of that mm -hmm. and owning you know you gotta sell us this and then we'll promote you and we'll put you up here but 
But once the artist started finding out, you know, no, set up your own publishing and your own copyright name, you know, register mm-hmm. with ASCAP or BMI under your own thing, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But once once we start doing that, it you know start getting a little better for us. However, it's still you know still kind of rocky. So you know he was breaking that down. So I was just like, wow, you know, and that and that was just kind of like I never knew, you know, I had no idea, you know, because you know you little you young man, you you thinking that when you're looking at the albums, you thinking everybody worked together in the studio at the same time, this this and that, mm-hmm. and then when you know, you 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 know when you're working behind the scenes doing stuff, you know how you put everything together. Right. Not, the finished product looks, you know, to the average person, they think it went this way and they don't really know what went into producing something. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my first experience of seeing how the pros do it was with George. So it was kind of like, I mean, I knew I have I was doing stuff, you know, high school, working with youth news and, and learning editing and, and engineering stuff like that. But to actually work with somebody of that stature and that was my idol. Right. I was, wow. It was kind of like, wow, I thought it was like this, but just like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wow. then then I'm taking that knowledge back to everybody else. And then like man you tripping <laughs> mm, wow and, you know and i i believe i know shocking them have went through similar things when they were trying to get uh the sex packers album finished mm. Humpty dance was like the last song put on there i think it was like at the last minute pretty much because they already had most of the album done mm. um, you know packet man and freaks of the industry danger zone all that was you know everything was 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 done and so but then when it came time to put it out it was like issues with samples and clearance mm-hmm. the way you swing i remember that one they were using uh uh who knows by jimmy hendrix experience i mean uh band of gypsies still mm-hmm. hendrix mm-hmm um and they didn't want to clear that hmm. and i believe george kind of stepped up with them for them on that i don't know if they knew that but i knew that george kind of spoke up for that like you know now nah, you know let them let them let it you know do it because you know george seen like what he seen what i was doing he seen what it would come to before it happened mm. he knew where it was he seen because it was it was a way to bring the artist back mm-hmm. and maybe a lot you know if you own the publishing and this is that that's a way to generate some more money and this is that so he spoke up you know let them know look man you guys nobody really playing that so you know it's a way to get that back out there mm. and so they you know eventually let that go so they they got that cleared and and you know and it just and then the album like i said man once sex and then, you know give you know like get back to greg man that whole concept with sex packets when he would break that down to you was just like you know dude had all these like concepts was like 
I guess it's now they call it's this thing called Afrofuturism. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I would say a lot of the shocks, ideas, and things like that were at the forefront of that. Wow. You know, kind of like how George took, you know, got brothers in outer space with the mothership. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he brought black people to places that you just didn't see them. That's right. And that was one of the gorgeous things with Uhura from Star Trek. That's the only time you've seen a black person, you know, associated with outer space or whatever. That's right. And he did mothership, put us all out there. And then Shock was, you know, he was coming with, I mean, the name of the group was Digital Underground. So they seen that the whole digital age was about to be the thing. Mm. And he was just Afrofuturistic about it, you know, like, yeah, man, it's about these packets, you know, you know, instead of, you know, because, you know, the AIDS thing was happening, people were scared to get with each other or whatever. And it was a way to like a safe way to do that. Take a sex packet and you could dream about who you was wanting to get with. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and that different flavors. It, it was, man, you know what I'm saying? Dude was, he was definitely on to something. That's right. And just to, just to hear him break things down, like his, his level of, of not just understanding, but his the way he would describe things and just come up with. Like he had all these concepts, man. Like he just had like I think I think his brain worked faster than he could get it out there. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. he was always drawing, you know, it was just it was all that P Funk influence. It, you know, had a we all had it, but you know, everybody got deeper levels. You mm-hmm. know, like you know, there's always somebody better and deeper than you what you're doing, and that was you know he was one of them like you know and uh, like he 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 saw something in Tupac you know what I'm saying he put him on Mm. so shock had this thing about knowing what was going to be it you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and you know so there's also the thing where him and Jimmy uh, you know because Jimmy was an integral part of this too so but I think when they got to the point where the label just really wanted to do shock in all of his characters, mm. it started creating this, uh, this thing. Like, even though I wasn't really associated with them after they, you know, kind of took off, or after they took off, I was like, I was still cherishing the time that I did, you know, spend. And had and I, you know, like I said, I got the footage of that day, everything. I got the the record he gave me. I still got the tape, the Humpty Dance tape he handed to me. You know, I got all of that. So mm. that's why when when I heard about what happened, and I would run into him, you know, countless times just being in the Bay Area or whenever he came up here, because I believe he was in L.A. He was living in L.A. at the time, but. Um, I mean, then I mean, see, it's just so much, man. I mean, there's a time where he got at me about the 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 sample issue we had. Mm-hmm. Like when he finally was able to like get at me because mm-hmm. all of the, the what people were saying was just, uh, you 
know, one time he told me, he's like, man, you know, he was like in this voice, like, man, you know, I mean, damn, you know, everywhere I go, man, I gotta hear that shit, you know, <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and I'm like, well, I mean, look, man, <laughs> what you mm. want me to do? Mm-hmm. There's people that knew what I was doing and they knew we was doing stuff. So, mm. I mean, I can't tell people what to say. I, I, you know, I'm not, you know, there's nothing I can do about all that. So, mm. um, when we finally did get to talk about that, it was once they started coming down off of, uh, I want to say they just completed the Sons of the P album. Okay. And that was another I see that's a whole nother avenue to go down that one but um it's so fragmented but once they got that done um you know it was working with shorty b and again dr illenstein that was another brother that i was you know he was so heavily in the p-funk that i clicked with him mm-hmm. and we got a bunch of stuff you know just a bunch of samples and whatnots that never got vocal parts put on them so that's what I'm saying. Like once we met Shock, it was like, oh man, we would just fit in perfect with him. Mm. But you know, uh, you know. So getting back to Sons of P, and he once that was completed, there was this time we went. Uh, me and Shock went to get some backstage passes to P Funk show they were doing at the Berkeley Community Theater, mm. and we was already at hotels with George and the band and. and they were like, oh, well, if you you want the passes, you got to go up to the to the theater and get them from Bob the Decker. You know, rest, uh, may he rest well. He was uh, George's manager, mm. uh, longtime manager, uh, Bob the Decker, and he had the passes. And so we, Shock looked at me like out of all the people that was there, he said, he's all right. Well, Chaos, won't you come with me? <laughs> uh. And I was like, oh, huh, for real? <laughs> mm. And yeah, man, we ride up there. It's, it's all good. So we went up there. He got the passes. Um, he gave me one. And then, like, we were sitting in his SUV. I don't think they called him that at the time, but it was that's what it was. And um, mm-hmm. we were sitting in the car, and he, he, like, locked the door. And then he turned around in the driver's seat and he just like looked at me in the passenger seat and he like kind of like, you know, gave me this look like, all right, man, now that we're here together by ourselves, now I could ask you, like, what ha- what's this, what's this about, man? I said, what you talking about? He said, man, what's this about, you know, you going around saying I took Humpty dance from you? <laughs> and I was like, oh man. And he like really got at me, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, uh, well, I didn't say that, man. I wasn't saying, they said, yeah, man, well, you know, that's what I'm hearing. So, you know, what's up? And I told him exactly what I said. I said, well, I didn't say you stole Humpty Dance from me. What I said was I had that mix and we was working together. And then next thing I know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a little deeper than that, but, you know, so, and then he was like, he kind of, start nodding his head going like okay i see i see there's always two sides to the story mm. so you know now now that i'm hearing your side i i think i i think i see what's going on mm. and 
at that point, man, every time I came around or something like that, everybody looked at me like I was the, the bad guy, you know, like, oh, here come chaos. He gonna keep talking about this, you know what I'm saying? And I was already past that. Mm. And so once me and Shock, when he got at me about that and I told him, you know, what I said and how it got away, like interpreted a certain way by the time, you know, things take on their own life, you know, the brothers started like, yo, man, you know what? I need these backstage passes done. And I know you make those laminates. So, you know, I, you know, so I started doing that. I did that for one of the tours. I don't think they used them, but, you know, paid me for that. Okay. And then when they started working on the Body Has Syndrome album, he started giving me tapes to work on some stuff like man see what you can do with this mm. you know or, or or you know i know you got stuff man give me one of them you know and, and i'll see you know we could we could do something for that mm. and i got i think okay and i was still kind of that's when i was like again it was one of them i wasn't expecting this so i'm kind of like not ready for this again so i'm going like you know i, I told i said man look what you gave me that's already done on the body hats don't need nothing from me because it's already enough going on in there man don't I, if i if i did anything it would take away from whatever direction you going with that and i i think don't overproduce it because hmm. a lot of people end up overproducing their 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 uh stuff mm -hmm. and he said, well, man, well, give me one of them tracks. And I submitted something. <laughs> I remember he came back to me like, Chaos, man, your shit is expensive. This is Uncle Funk of the Soul Children LA, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host DJ Rome on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Top ramens, how we're coming with the loops. A dab of this, dab of that, not too heavy on the garlic. With just a touch of oregano. Now everybody's funkin', but they don't know how. They wasn't down back when the bull funked the cow. But the chest of the cow was vestless, so the stang from the deep bang, bang, left them breathless. Oregano flow. Don't waste your time sticking out your chest for no. Reason is the season for the lovely flow. The deep was sick enough for stress. Let it go, let it go. Now follow as I slip into the butter melody. This is the part I take your heart and leave your vision blurry. So try to focus on my dope. I suggest that you invest in a telescope. As I come with Ella Rhythm, move closer to your television. Catch a look just like a hooker, catch Jayism. Even with my focus for your ears, you still couldn't see me though. As I flavor up this video like oregano, slinging them nouns and verbs. You couldn't hear me with binoculars. I guess I'm just a little different, cause I do love them hoes. Just maybe not the same way that I love my niggas. Cause I love it when they say something fly. The ill caps make me laugh till I cry. Some fries and some freaks in this on all night long. I love to see my homies living strong. But then that cook with that cloudy cookbook, rain soft on another brother's sunny day. 
I'm wondering if we're really happy here with this lonely G game we play. Everybody's looking, but they cannot see the D because we're future and we're too slippery. You know we're coming with oregano fluff. Don't waste your time sticking out your chest for no reason. It's the season for the love we flow. The D, we're sick enough of stress. Let it go, let it go. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bum School. I'm DJ Rome. We're talking to the good brother DJ Chaos, Bay Area legendary selector, uh, breaking it down about digital underground, Shock G, Humpty Hump. We're continuing our coverage of the late and great Greg Shock G, Humpty Hump Jacobs of Digital Underground. DJ Chaos is breaking it down for us. Uh, go ahead and continue, good brother. Uh, sampling ran its course with you. Uh, what course did that put your life on next? I'm just trying to, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. I'm tired of not, um, you know, being overlooked. Whatever I contributed to, you know, whatever project I was working on, mm-hmm. and not getting, you know, I mean, if I, if they did put my name on something, they didn't spell it right. Mm. Uh, and then one 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 project I worked on some some people called Street Fair or something. They they actually didn't use what you know me and Naru did some sessions with them and <laughs> they paid us for that and didn't even use our stuff right. But mm. then they put they put my name on there um, for something, but they didn't even use what I did or anything. But they spelled my name right. So I was like, wow, mm. some people, you know, they put my name on there, but they didn't use what I did, but they spelled my name right. Mm-hmm. And there's some other people that I that I did get on some, some you know, whatever, they didn't spell my name right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, How about that, like, you know, so I, I attribute that to like tripping on like what 
it must have been what shock must have been going through. Mm. You had to deal with, you know, like, like, okay, we want to, we want to do, we want to do a, a Humpty Hump album. We want to do a, a Piano Man album. We want to do a Rackadelic album. We want to do a, you know, did I say Piano Man? We want to do whatever, whatever character he had. They wanted to do an album on it, mm. and it was just kind of like, you know. Shock was that dude that he didn't want everything on him. You know, he he was always wanting to share the 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 light, the limelight, or the stage with other people. Mm. You know, um, that's kind of like you know, I mean, that's kind of like how he you know put Pac on. It was like once he seen something in Pac, he was like, "Yo, man, it's like it's your turn," mm. and he fighting like that like he had so many MCs man you know like coming through that you know he was he was just such a good brother in that aspect that you know he had so much uh he had so much talent and so much you know that he had to to you know he just was yo man come on just come through and like I said how he got at me about our little you know thing at the time and then he once he heard my side and he he still he he came back with well man i want you to do this and i want you to do that and i want you to do this here and he was like giving me stuff and it was just like wow mm. you know so and, and that's the other thing like a lot of uh, i think to this day some people like even in my circle didn't realize that it's like they still thinking you know because shock every time he would see me he would bring it up and, and be joking about it mm -hmm. like I well, see him there. well when he gave you stuff what did that mean to you it was just kind of like i felt maybe it was his way of like well i'll give you another shot because i know I remember what, you know, I remember what we was doing. Mm -hmm. And then like how everything happened for them so fast, they had to just jet. Mm -hmm. Like once Humpty Dance blew up, man, they, they had to go on the road, you know? And it was just like, to everyone that was kind of in the mix with what they was doing and, and that was around at the time, mm -hmm. it was kind of like, one minute they hear the next minute you blink and they gone mm -hmm. and it was like whoa <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and then when they blew up everybody you could just say man we knew we know them mm -hmm. yeah that that's that's you know and then they put they kind of like put oakland on the map for that you know and it just brought more attention to what everybody else was already doing mm -hmm. and it was you know i tried to look at it and i hope a lot of other folks looked at it as, you know, if out of what everybody's doing, we all doing, we may have our differences, but if one of us were to come up, we're gonna, you know, reach back. Mm -hmm. and be like, you know, yo, you know, check these, check these dudes out. Mm. We live down the street from them. It ain't all about us. Check them out, you know. Mm. And that's what to me, that's what it seemed like he was doing. It was like he finally had time to like get back at me and be like, you know, okay, well, 
you know, maybe maybe we can explore some things that we could have done at the time when that happened, but it didn't happen because everything blew up so fast. Mm -hmm. And then again, you know, like I said, it's at that time where it's like, I wasn't ready. Mm. To me, it was like, I was ready when the first thing was happening. And then when things wouldn't happen for me, well, I'd get benched. Like I said before, you know, it'd be like, I was ready then, but y'all benched me. Mm. So then I started doing other things. I'm not going to just waddle in what I didn't, you know, what didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get off into something else. And then, then when, you know, you come back, oh, now you want me to, now you want to play me on the team. It's like, well, dude, I'm already, I'm, I'm playing for somebody else now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm. Where I got my, you know, and and then you try to, that's what I see where people like, it's really not a diss. It's just that, you know, right, really like, it's just not the time right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, and I, I mean, you said I, I was uh, ahead of my time. And, you know, I, I used to hear that from a lot of people. Mm. And you just, you, you ahead of your time, man. You just, mm. and I would, Kind of after a while, you hear that so much. I'd be like, "Well, man, I'm I'm tired of being ahead of my time, man. I'm I'm in the, I'm in the now. <laughs> come know? on, come I'm on, to do something now. I, I don't want to be ahead of my time. Wow, you know. And, and another cat that told me like, you know, you because you're original. When you when you're like an original person that you come up with stuff that people everybody else is tripping on, like mainstream stuff or what's already happening and then you basically you're a trailblazer so mm-hmm. you just got to get used to the idea that or the 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 reality that a trailblazer you're not going to get you know it's, it's it's always the people that are behind you in the trail that you're blazing they're the ones that's going to get everything because mm. you you're the one you blazing the trail mm. and everybody coming after that. That's when everybody's setting up, setting up shop and doing this and all that. Cause you just laid the road down. So now everybody's, you know, building stuff on that road. You just pay, pay. you know what I'm saying? So right. you never going to, and so I start trying to look for ways to not be that trailblazer. <laughs> not be you that know? trailblazer. Wow. Cause I want to eat. I got to eat too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's real. Wow. So, you know, so I just trip on like what this man had, you know, may have had to go through just to be who he was, you know, because everybody wants, you know, he's trying to be great. He's trying to be, I don't know if he's trying to be shock G more or, or, or just, leave that whole thing alone and do something else mm-hmm. but everybody wants humpy you know everybody wants this man we, we, we need that next humpy hit we need mm-hmm. we need this we need piano man and and like i said man he was so much more than that mm. and he must have been going like look man f humpty f that i'm trying to do this you know what i'm saying mm. listen to this mm-hmm he, he could sit down at that piano, man, and he could talk to you off beat and still 
keep that melody going. You know, that would trip me out too. Like he could just sit there, you know, playing something and then just start talking to you off off the cuff mm. and not even in time with what he's playing and still be on time playing. Do you know who some of his keyboard influences were? Nah, I, I actually, I don't. Okay. I, but I mean, it's obvious it was, it was Bernie Warrell and Junie Morrison. No doubt. No doubt. From, uh, you know, Parliament. Purple Wu Master. Yes. Parliament Funkadelic. Parliament Funkadelic. Junie Morrison. Ohio Players. Early Ohio Players. Yes, sir. Funkadelic. Wow. <laughs> so I, I knew there was that. And yeah. I, I would. I would say Herbie Hancock. Okay. That's what's up. You know, mm -hmm. any, I would, you know, basically any, any of the great keyboard players or eccentric mm -hmm. musicians, keyboard, mm -hmm. I would say that that's where Shaq would, you know, have influence. Cause he was, he was that dude too. He was eccentric, eccentric, eccentric. Right. You know, right. <laughs> Man, you like I'm saying, you know, you, just not even dealing with music, just talking to him about personal stuff, man. It was like he was he was a deep brother. Mm. He was deep. <laughs> he was a character, man. He was <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you laughing, man. It's it's you know, the average person would be like, man, he tripping. And it's mm -hmm. like, nah, you ain't you just ain't paying attention. Ah, how about that? <laughs> you know. How about that? Do you feel like, um, what's next for you, man? Do you feel like you got your just dues? Do you feel like being that trailblazer has come with some some accolades and rewards? It sounds like there's been some heartbreak, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, how do you assess the, the, the in lieu of good brother Greg, Shock G, Jacobs, how do you assess DJ Chaos's legacy in, in in the backdrop or within the, the mix of uh, the digital underground Shock G story? How do you sum all that up? Hmm. Uh, I, I would say in the sense of international fame or recognition or that one check that might set you up nice mm -hmm. and bounce off of that or something, I would say in that aspect, uh, it didn't happen for me, mm. but in the aspect of what experiences I've had and the people I've met, uh, I think that I wouldn't trade that for mm. anything because like I said, man, I started my first thing professionally was with George Clinton. Yeah, and then from there, it was like, well, where do you go from there? I mean, I, I, what what can be higher than that? Exactly. You know, for the circle, the genre, and things I was doing, it was kind of like, well, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. I can't top that. But mm -hmm. the way the song came out, I can top that. But just mm -hmm. the experience, mm -hmm. I, you know. And, and like I said, then watching, you know, because there was too short, and there was a plethora of artists in the Bay Area because you know you know who came from there you know Pointer Sisters, Tower of Power mm. mm -hmm. just, the, just all of that talent 
yes. out of the Bay Area anyway. Yep. And then, you know, meeting, you know, digital and, and you know, and just knowing Shock's history coming from, from Brooklyn and Tampa mm. and the things he was doing, you know, he wasn't, he didn't even want to DJ no more because he'd already did it. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, you know, he, he, he was a, uh, on-air personality and things like that back back east and you know so he was already i would say established there but coming here he you know mm. he let himself be known and he took it to another level so mm-hmm. just being around people like that mm-hmm. you know and, and from there like i met uh, a gang of people just being around p-funk mm. and then once i really start knowing the the band members because i you know i knew george for i met george and dealt with him more than anybody and then meeting the band and and, and developing relationships with, with all of them and and the shocks and the two shorts and the you know and you know me and naru from what knowing where we came from because like i said we knew each other since the third grade mm. and you know and I met a Maruga who did the drums uh, for the the percussion for Nubian Nut. Mm. Uh, he had his own sound with that, you know, uh, not a drum and start working with him. And through him, I met uh, Buzzy Linhart, who was another like 70s musician who, you know, ran with Hendrix in them. Mm. And I ended up know doing some stuff with him you know that's what i'm saying i started doing djing outside of hip-hop so i was putting dj hip-hop elements in other people's things Mm. and buzzy you know we met Jimi hendrix's brother Mm. and he sat in on guitar on some stuff we was doing and and you know and and met eric burden from from the animals and war you know sir yes sir uh started doing you know and it was just like man you know and just (laughs) so i was just kind of like you know at some point i was like man you know what i don't even want the fame man just the fact that i can be in the same room creating stuff with these folks is is enough for me Mm. i just got to figure out how to get paid (laughs) right that's right and it's just like you know, but just being around those personalities, man, and then you see like what a lot of them were going through. Mm-hmm. That it's not what you think. A lot of them were, I mean, not broke, but they not getting paid like you think. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I'm saying? And and then and the pressures they going through. You know, like oh, you got to do this, and you know. You, you, you got to top that that other record. Mm. This pressure, mm-hmm. you know, and look what happened to Nirvana. Right. <laughs> you know, right. it's just <laughs> another Seattle band, like Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and and when they shot up so fast, man, you know, like I don't think Kirk could handle it. Mm. You know, he. I, I know. I know it was a point where he got, was like. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Right. You know, and 
that that even that's funny, man. That brings another shock G memory. Sitting in the room with him, going over some stuff, trying to figure out if we, you know what what he want to pick our brains through and figure out like if if you know he even want to. We wasn't really talking about music, man. You know, like what to do. We was just tripping. Mm. Yeah, he, he was watching MTV. He had MTV on. We was at his at his condo at Emeryville, and he was <laughs> he was. And every now and then a Nirvana video would come on. And then I would just kind of start, you know, singing the lyrics a little bit. And he noticed after like the third one, he just kind of just said, you know, uh, N-word alert. Uh, he, he, he said, uh, <laughs> chaos, man, you the only that I know that know all the lyrics to every Nirvana song. <laughs> you know and that's what i'm saying having memories like that man that people don't know you know what i'm saying it's like hmm. i can you know like going to the store like i said like you go to the store and you hear a digital underground song come on and then you see how people in the line they start tripping on it and then i just start thinking about <laughs> Yeah, y'all just don't know mm. what went into putting that together, you know, stuff like that. Just knowing that, and they just don't know. So I just you just stand there and just look at them react or, or trip on how they trip, and then you just think about like that's what you know, that's what he did for people. You yeah. know, if what he was doing makes people trip like that, mm-hmm. you know, you just got. You still there, good brother? Hello, hello, hello. I think we lost signal there. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Pump School. I'm DJ Rome. Uh, we're chatting with the good brother DJ Chaos. Uh, you were in mid thought and we lost you there, good brother. Uh, pick up where you left off. Uh, where, where, did, where did I drop off at? Uh, something about you, you, you know, you hear the song, you see people's reaction to it, and you had said that, well, y'all don't even know what went into it, but you said also if you can be around people that can have that kind of impact on people. You know, you kind of remind me of uh, the Standing in the Shadows of Motown story too, brother, how the Funk Brothers for a long time didn't get their just dues, and a lot of those cats didn't live to see uh, their, their, their flowers, you know what I'm saying? And, you know... Right. The, I think his name was, uh, oh man, I can't think. His name was Robert, the guitar player who did the guitar lick for uh, My Girl. And it was, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, he would want to tell people, hey, that's me, but he would stop short because he he said, no, they people would never believe that it was him, you know? Yeah, exactly. They would, they would never believe, not only would they not believe it, they'd be like, oh man, you just... Cause you didn't, you know, so you just, you just keep it to yourself, man. And you just smile, you just smile on the inside mm. and you just, you just know, you know what you did and the person that they're listening to knows whatever contribution you made. And then the creator knows. So that's mm. three, that's, that, that, those are three entities that know. Mm-hmm. The other people in in that aspect, it don't matter, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know they know, and the creator knows. 
so that's that's like what I mean where it's like I wouldn't I still wouldn't change the experiences that I've had and just to just having that honor of you know him stepping to me like you know I want to you know we 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 looking for a DJ Mm. you know and just just that whole thing like just to be considered Mm. you know from a person like that is I mean yeah I mean it's it's I I can't it's indescribable you know it's just like I would (laughs) wow and then you know sometimes you just start thinking like you got to start recognizing your worth like if if if, Mm. if you always end up around people like this Mm. and you know then maybe there is maybe there is something that you have too Hmm. but if you don't recognize it then you know i mean there's a you can be you can be humble Mm -hmm. but then also you can be humble where it's just a detriment to you you know Mm -hmm. i think that's what happened with me i was just too (coughs) excuse me i was just too uh not assertive enough mm-hmm. and 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 in his passing it just kind of you know made me think of number one my own mortality mm. and number two uh, <coughs> uh i should have been a little more assertive mm. And maybe, I mean, who knows? Maybe he saw that. Hmm. No. <clears throat> well, you know, maybe chaos ain't ready, and I wouldn't want to put him through that because, hmm. you know, I could handle more than he could. Oh wow! You know, so I would, th- I would just think about things like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so. But like I said, man, just knowing, just being able to say, I, I knew the cat, man, I, and I, and I did this with him and i've i've shared experiences you know um been in, i was in a, you know, a little bit of the do what you like video <clears throat> uh, i didn't i didn't go to the humpty dance one because that was during the time where i was kind of uh you know i don't know but then when he did return of the crazy one i i i got a little spot in that video okay i'm i'm the guy like holding up the p-funk jacket you can see the P-Funk logo. I, I'm holding it up so the camera can see. Right on. And I'm I'm thinking like, well, out of all the footage they had, I'm wondering if he was like, put that in there. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So yes, it's it's like you know, no. It, it, to me, it's like no matter what, man. Shock always had your back. Mm. Or something, you know, like. If, if if you had an experience with him, then you know mm. you you was in you was in his mind too. Wow. <clears throat> and good. that that's I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful and honored to have spent the time and had the experience that I've had um uh, with with him, no matter how small mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. to the level um 
that, that he achieved, you know, I, I'm I'm honored to have spent that time and had that experience with him. Wow. Wow. May he rest in paradise, good brother. DJ Chaos, you, you made history, man. I mean, you did it. You 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 changed the game. You you changed the way music can be sampled. You've changed the way music can be enjoyed, appreciated. You've changed the way we get down. You changed the way we danced. You changed the way we perceive music, the sounds and the sonics of music. You changed the way funk can be used and fused with hip hop. As you said before you, everybody was on that James Brown and you messing with P-Funk records, man. Those records are not as easy to sample because the, the, the drums are not quite as crisp in all those songs like James was. So I can only imagine how unique that must have been when they saw you doing what you were doing. And Let's Play House is not an easy song to mess with. I mean, the, the beat is rickety. It's a broken beat, kind of wonky rhythm. Funky is all get out, but that is not an easy record to mess with. And you saw something in that record. You saw something in that song. Trump Population was not a big million seller for Parliament. So the fact that you were even digging in the crates that deep to find something that wasn't Motor Booty Affair, that wasn't Gloria Halla Stupid, that wasn't um, Urban Dance Floor Gorillas by Funkadelic. I mean, you found Trombipulation and used that to just rock the world, man, rock the planet. And for that, man, you, you changed my life, brother. So I, I just want to give you your flowers, Chaos, for rocking it the way that you do it. You know, you, you swing it your way and you're not done yet brother you're not done yet and the the, the beast is gonna keep on rocking brother so i want you to um thank you for for all us djs out there i mean you, you you're rocking it with respect for real and they 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 can't keep a good man down you're a good man shock g obviously saw that in you and i just want to wish you uh all of god's blessings good brother for for you and for, for the rest of your, your days here on this earth. And again, my condolences for what Shox G's transition has meant to you. And he, he's your ancestor now. He's your, your guardian angel now. And I, I'm just relieved that you, you seem to be at peace with it all. So may peace go with you, good brother. And I, I really appreciate you doing this with us on Psychotic Bump School, okay? Okay, hey man, I'm, like I said, man, I'm, I'm honored and really appreciate you reaching out and, and, and having me to do this. And I, I just want to say just for the record, you know, that he already had something for that. Right you on. Know, we just happened to be right using on. the same thing. Yes, sir. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, I, I, I just hope he, I just hope he's in a better place right now. God bless his soul. God bless his soul. Great minds think alike. And if you in the P-Funk, great minds stink alike too. Rest in peace, Shock <laughs> DJ Chaos, y'all. This is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. That was the good brother, DJ Chaos. <laughs>